What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. This episode of Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. If you would like to learn how to support this podcast, visit www.patreon.com slash writing excuses. Season 18, Episode 15. This is Writing Excuses. Building a mystery, now with more tools. 15 minutes long. Because you're in a hurry. And we're not that smart. I'm Mary Robinette. I'm Dongwan. I'm Aaron. I'm Dan. And I'm Howard. And we're going to talk about mysteries again, but now you have this whole toolbox of different ways to build tension, and you see why we were so excited about it. So let's start talking about mysteries. So we've been talking about mysteries on, and anticipation. Okay, so how do you apply anticipation? to mysteries? What are some of the the classic ways we've seen it done or things that you're like, this, this is the really meaty, juicy way to do it? I can talk about, I I was like, I'm just going to riff until one of you has an answer. Uh, (laughs) I was anticipating something and then it fell through for me. Um, Seriously, though, one of the things that I I did a lot in uh, The Spare Man was that I was using anticipation. Um, I was using the anticipation of, uh, you know, waiting for that body drop is is one of the things. I, in the first scene, or second scene, um, in the second scene, I set up a fight. And so that is building for the reader the anticipation that something is going to happen with one of those three characters. And that that then allows me to have, you know, to, to keep you moving along. 
And then we get into the second scene, or the I guess it's the third scene, actually, uh, the next scene where we have a scream and that builds an anticipation of, oh, something has gone wrong, which I then ramp up further by giving you an unanswered question of who is the screamer. So I'm, what I find a lot of times you can do with these is that you can take one of the tools that we've used and then f- use it as a, a uh, one of the tools we've mentioned and then use it as a, a, a pa- handoff or a, a funnel. A page to turner. Next, page turner. Use it as, as a, a way to, to keep you going and then give you another another piece of tension. And I will say that, you know, those are the mechanics of the plot structure that you have there. Those are the beats that you're using to move us along. What works really well, and the reason all that engine goes, is you've established underneath that the character tension, right? You've established the relationship and the stakes for these individuals of, like, her trying to figure out how do I relate to this other person? What is marriage going to be like for me? And also like dealing with her own trauma, her own history. Like those are all questions you've introduced fairly quickly. I can't remember exactly when each piece of that comes in, but by the end of the first few chapters, I have a lot of questions about the future of this character, the future of her relationship, the future of her sense of self that are pulling me through all of this as you're giving me the plot details and the unanswered questions, you know, that layer on top of that. Coming back to the toolbox metaphor for a moment, as we've talked about these as tools, we're kind of talking about the business end of the tool. You know, the the way the blade of the screwdriver fits into the head of the screw, the way the hammer slams, you know, the head of the nail. Um, We haven't talked a lot about the handles of the tools. And (laughs) for my own part, I don't start with anticipation or uh, or juxtaposition or conflict. I start with uh, what is the answer to the original unanswered question of who committed the murder. And then I start, you know, making notes about, you know, where I want readers to feel different things. This is where I want them to be excited. This is where I want some sense of wonder. This is where I don't know what's going on or what's going to happen, but I've got to get them to turn the page. So here's a question mark. Um, And then as I sit down with the manuscript, that's when I open up the toolbox and start looking at, uh, oh, oh, this is this is where I'll throw in micro tension because the characters are talking about things that don't really matter, but I need to explore them. I need to explore the characters. So I need them to be passionate about what they're talking about and to be perhaps a little bit in conflict during the discussion. So my approach to the use of the tools is, yeah. So I, I will say that that with Spearman, I actually started with not who committed the murder, but how the murder was committed. Uh, because for me, the thing that is interesting in a mystery is the puzzle. Um, and that puzzle is around the murder. So I figured out what is a really interesting way to murder someone? And then who do I have that can commit that murder? And that that was actually the way that I, I built that particular thing, which, and what I'm, I'm hoping you're noticing, dear listeners, a thing that we keep talking about is that there is no one right way to do things. Each of these is, is a correct way. It's just whatever is feeding you as, a, as, as the writer. Yeah, I don't want people to come away with this feeling like with all of these different tools, you have to have some kind of master plan, right? That you need to know, oh, I'm going to deploy a red herring here. I'm going to deploy tension here. I'm going to deploy this, that. 
the other there. Because, you know, I think a lot about the apocryphal thing about Agatha Christie, about her not knowing who the murderer was until Poirot said it on the page or something along those lines, right? You can approach it from, I mean, yes, you do need to know which end of the tool is the business end and which is the handle, but you can deploy those tools as you go and sort of see where that leads you and sort of build up to something that feels really consistent. A lot of making a mystery feel right is a thing that happens in the editing process as you go back through it and say, hmm, I was giving a little too much information here. I need to withhold that there. Or this is really confusing because I knew what was going on, but that's I didn't set that up properly two scenes ago, right? So mysteries, think of them more as magic tricks rather than like perfectly executed plans, right? You get to go back through it and adjust and tweak and make sure everything's set up right for your audience to get there when they get there. So as we've been going through these last few episodes, uh, what's really stood out to me talking about all these different forms of tension and and how to use them are overlaps between them and Mm -hmm. ways to solve multiple problems with a single tool. Uh, So for example, uh, we've talked a lot about how we need to care about the characters in order to be invested in them. That is a perfect match with the concept of microtension because if you give your character enough texture that they have a hobby or a job or something that they love outside of the plot, then suddenly you've given them something they can be working on in the background of a scene or, you know, these, these other kinds of little microtension problems they can be dealing with while trying to solve or trying to ignore the, the much larger mystery and, and problem that they are faced with. And that yep. solves a lot of things all at once. That that's a great example. Sorry, and I'm going to use or a great point. I'm going to use um, uh, the character of Fantine in Spearman as an example of that. So there's two things, two micro, two points of microtension for her. One, um, she's she's doing crochet through much of the thing, and at one point she is so distracted she makes a, a mistake, and and in yelling, she is she's mad not just about all of the other things that are happening, but about the fact that she had to rip out 20 rows. And it's like having to rip out 20 rows has no bearing on the overall mystery at all. But it is, it's it's a piece of character detail and it, it adds this little bit of micro-tension. And then the other piece for her um, is her her weird pattern of cursing because she had made a deal with her priest that she wouldn't use swear words. And so she curses by uh, a combination of uh, Shakespeare and and Catholic martyrs. And again, she hits a point where she's so upset that she accidentally does swear. And and again, it's it's just this tiny bit, a little bit more attention that I'm applying to that scene and texture to the character, which is a lot of fun. And Fontaine ends up as a lot of people's favorite character or one of their favorite characters because of all these things that you've done. Yeah. Yes. Uh, hashtag Team Fontaine or Team Gimlet, apparently. Um, <laughs> um, why don't we take a moment and uh, pause and we'll come back and talk about some of our other tools and how to apply them to mysteries. Hey, writers. Are you thinking about learning a new language? I think exploring the world, experiencing other cultures, and being able to communicate with people outside your everyday experience lets you create richer, better stories. 
A great way to do that is with Rosetta Stone, a trusted expert for over 30 years with millions of users in 25 languages offered. They use an immersive technique which leads to fast language acquisition. It's an intuitive process that helps you really learn to speak, listen, and most of all think in the language you're trying to learn. They also feature true accent speech recognition technology that gives you feedback on your pronunciation. It's like having a voice coach in your home. Learn at home or on the go with a desktop and mobile app that let you download and access lessons even when you're offline. And it's an amazing value. A lifetime membership gives you access to all 25 languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, German, Japanese, and, of course, Korean. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Writing Excuses listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com today. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com today. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Our thing of the week this week is Mark Oshiro's new young adult novel, Into the Light. Um, it is a very twisty thriller that's told in a nonlinear way. Um, it focuses on a young teen, uh, named Manny who was first pulled into a cult called reconciliation and then subsequently kicked out of said cult. And we sort of meet up with him while he's on the road after all of that. Um, his sister stayed behind. And so he's trying to reconnect with her and then sees on the news that a dead body has been found in the hills near where Reconciliation is based. Um, there's multiple timelines, there's different POVs, as we try to get to the heart of what exactly happened at Reconciliation, what is his trauma around his experience with this cult, and 
what is it like to navigate the world as a queer adoptee who's been sort of neglected by the system? Um, it's a really fantastic, pointed, sharp, funny, weird novel. Um, and I think people are going to be very excited to find the the spoiler at the core of what makes this novel tick. And uh, it's it's a real thrill. So when we're talking about mysteries and, and tension, um, there are a number of other tools that we have not even gotten to yet. One of which, one of my favorites and one of the core things is the unanswered question. So we talked about that a little bit in the first one. We've got a whole episode on unanswered questions, but when we're applying them specifically to mysteries, um, one of the things I want to look at is is not just the ways to do it, like uh, misunderstanding the question, but also some of the dangers in 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 that. Like, what are some of the uh, the pros and cons of delaying an answer in a mystery? Okay, so I've got a pretty good example of this one. Um, one of the things of the week that we promoted earlier was my new book, Dark One Forgotten, um, which is a mystery, and it is the prequel to a uh, Brandon Sanderson fantasy novel. Um, what that means is that even though it is structured as if you are listening to a true crime podcast, you go into it knowing that there will be a supernatural angle. Um, you know that eventually it's got Dan Wells and Brandon Sanderson on the cover. There's going to be magic or some kind of, you know, speculative element to it. Um, and especially if you've read the novel it's based on, you know exactly how the mystery gets solved. And so, the problem that I ran into in writing it and that I had to send multiple drafts over and over to, through my writing group to figure out is it is obvious to the reader what's going on. We know that the reason no one can remember the killer or the victims is because there is some kind of magic effect. So how long can I drag out that anticipation for the reader for, for the the characters to finally catch on without making them seem stupid or without frustrating the audience and it's difficult it was very hard to write a story that kind of fundamentally ignores one of its core premises for the first half or so of the story so there's that unanswered question like who's the mystery but the fact that it's a or who's the killer the fact that it's a prequel means that I needed to start. And, and here's the solution. Here's why I'm saying all this. Um, what I eventually had to do was to just give you as much information as possible. Um, it, it was essentially a story about uh, tying off every possible loose end before they finally conceded that maybe magic was real. Uh, because it takes place in our world. They, they, they aren't predisposed to believe it, even though the audience is predisposed to expect it. And so three episodes of them exhausting every possible other explanation made it interesting enough uh, to get through that. And so the anticipation and the unanswered question uh, was, was very difficult to, to deal with. I think this gets to something that we've talked about before, which is that sometimes you can give the answer uh, to, to the reader or mm -hmm. to the listener. And I think it's what's really cool about that example is the question, it seems like to me, becomes less, 
is there magic involved with this? Because everyone knows the answer is yes, but more, how will people deal with the revelation that magic exists in the world? And so that's a different unanswered question. And so sometimes shifting from the informational question, I think one of the dangers sometimes in mystery is you think everything has to be about information and plot, but sometimes some of the most interesting unanswered questions are the ones about emotion, revelation, and consequence, as opposed to the ones about who did what to whom at what point. Touching on something that uh, Dan said toward the beginning of this episode, and something that Aaron just said, um, we talked about how you know it's like setting up a magic trick. In the second edition of Extreme Dungeon Mastery, uh, uh, Tracy and Curtis Hickman point out that magicians entertain purely by deception. When they explain how the trick is done, they, it just kind of makes us feel dumb for not having seen it, which is why they typically don't do it. Storytellers, storytellers entertain by setting up deception and then with revelation. Aaron, you use that word twice. And so when I think of unanswered questions as a tool, I'm always thinking of the revelation that is going to come at the end, the the reveal of uh, this is the answer to the question. This is how it was done. Uh, the magician typically won't show us that they were using a trick knife with a collapsible blade. But in Knives Out, famously, we are told about a trick knife in the first act, and we are shown the trick knife at the very end of the very end of the show. Interesting that you say that, because I have some friends who are magicians, and we, we talk about the overlap between magic and story all the time. Because one of the things that a magician must do is that they must tell the reader the, the, the viewer that what they're about to do is impossible because you go into a magic trick knowing that they're going to do something and 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 I think that that is that is also one of the things that you have to do in different ways uh, but it's still a narrative thing that that you you are using a lot of these these tension tools in a mystery to 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 signal to the reader that this is actually hard to solve um and and a lot of the the conflict things that you're using are ways to say this is you know there are reasons that this is hard to solve it, much like what Dan was talking about with it's like well why don't they just think it's magic it's like that there have to be you know it has to, you have to you have to present the impossibility to them in order to get the payoff of, ah, here's the solution and the answer. And so a lot of the tools that we've been talking about are tools that you can use for that. And I think one thing that's important to remember in all of this is that there's a way in which mysteries and the structure of a mystery is a fantasy. You are selling people on the idea that there are easy answers to complex problems, that there is a trick behind the whole thing. And, um, you know, I think when we think about unanswered questions, sometimes it is almost more interesting to not answer every single unanswered question you put out there, right? Like sometimes you have a Daryl who's still wandering around the island and nobody knows why he's there. And that adds this extra layer to what you're doing and can sell the fantasy of, wait, we do know who the killer is. We do know what happened. We do know what exactly was done to pull this magic trick off. But, you know, you know the things are hidden from the audience in that, right? There are answers that we won't see and that's okay. And I think that can 
add a really interesting layer to how you're presenting your mystery, how you're presenting your answers, and what questions are you really asking in the story that you're telling? I think these are all great points, and I'm hoping that our listeners have uh, some new tools for when they're going back into their mystery and, and can apply all of these different forms of tension to the mystery. We also need to set you up for success for the next episode. We are going to be doing a deep dive on The Dark One. Dan, do you want to tell us a little bit about what uh, what people should do? Okay. So as we explained several episodes ago, our next little series that we're going to do, uh, we'll start with a deep dive on Dark One Forgotten, uh, an audio book uh, by Brandon Sanderson and me. And uh, then we'll have uh, some other episodes spinning off of that. So in preparation for that, you've had several weeks. uh, You have one more week left to listen to Dark One Forgotten. This is audio only. Uh, because it is a, a fake podcast, and you can get it pretty much anywhere that has audiobooks, uh, Audible and Libro FM and Google Playbooks and Barnes and Noble and all these other places. So it's about six hours long, a little more. Uh, listen to that, and then get ready for next week when we are going to dive deep into everything about its structure and its. Uh, the process of creating it, and why I love it so much. One of the reasons that we're doing these deep dives and then building episodes off of them is so that you can see the tools that we use and uh, hopefully start to build a toolbox of your own, which brings us to our homework assignment. Okay. So, yeah, part of your homework is, if you haven't listened to Dark Ones yet, go listen to Dark Ones. But the other part of your homework is make a list of the tools which you regularly return to when, when you're writing. That might be Mice Quotient, three-act structure, hero's journey, whatever. Just make a list of the tools that you already use regularly. Then make a separate list of the tools you know about, perhaps tools like, you know, tension via microtension, conflict, anticipation, juxtaposition, unanswered questions. Uh, make a list of the tools you know about but don't think you're using yet and then try to move one tool from the second list to the first one. This has been Writing Excuses. You're out of excuses. Now go build a toolbox. Writing Excuses has been brought to you by our listeners, patrons, and friends. For this episode, your hosts were Mary Robinette Kowal, Dong Wan Song, Aaron Roberts, Dan Wells, and Howard Taylor. This episode was engineered by Marshall Carr Jr. and mastered by Alex Jackson. For more information, visit writingexcuses.com. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors, and add blocks. No custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise, and with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, 
Our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.